As we are in week three of our Rooted series, and uh, just grateful uh, that we get to share this with you. I don't know if you know this. Actually, I do know that you know this. I don't know why I keep saying that. Um, Pastor Travis mentioned it earlier, but next week, oh, praise God. All right, anybody want to buy me a new one? Um, I'm just kidding. Um, next week is Easter Sunday. Come on. We're excited about that, and we want to ask you to help us invite as many people as absolutely possible. So I want you to do something for me. We did it last week. I want you to do it again. Grab all the invites around you that you can grab. Grab those stacks. Grab those stacks. If you're at home, you can hold your hand up with us uh, in, in faith that you're going to do it digitally. Hold those, hold those stacks of invites all over the room. Hold them up above your heads. We're going to pray over those. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, all over the room. We're going to pray and ask God to help us. Uh, invite people and get people in the room as God changes lives. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we get the opportunity to share your goodness and celebrate the embrace of humanity through the resurrection of Jesus on the third day next week. God, I pray over every invite that is represented uh, in the room, every invite that's represented at home that's going to be a digital invite or a text message. I just believe that right now, God, you're going to bless every invite. Give us the courage to give them out. Give us the ability to give them out. God, I pray that you would, um, God, help them just reach people wherever they are and let people know that they are home at Radiate Church and we're going to celebrate you. God, we honor you and worship you. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. I'm so glad you are here. Listen, we already had one amazing experience at 930 today. I'm so glad you guys are online with us today because I believe this is a game changing message for so many today. I'm going to slide this bad boy up because you get to see my artistic skills today. You are in for a treat, all right? Not really because I'm a terrible artist, but it's going to work. Um, I'm so glad. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, and you should be if you're not, uh, I want you to title it this, Five Stages of a Seed. Five Stages of a Seed. We've been in this series called Rooted, and the whole thing has been based around the fact that everybody, whether you're in the room, whether you're online, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a teacher, whether you don't even know what the heck you're going to be in the future, like none of that matters, we all believe that everybody has been given a great purpose in their life. Everybody's been planted. God's planted a seed in your life to be great. If we believe John 3.16, then we believe John uh, or Ephesians 1.4 that says before the foundations of the world were created, we were created with a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. And so we want to walk in that and we want to do everything we can in this world uh, to be all that God's uh, called us to be. And so I, that's what this whole series has been about. So the first week we talked about being the right soil. Right, being the right soil, based out of a, a parable that Jesus taught in the, in the book of Matthew, and then we went um, last week. We talked about the environment and the temperature and how to water the seed so that what God put in us can take root and become what uh, God wants it to be. And today we're going to talk about the five stages of a seed. Now, if you go to Ephesians, I mean uh, Genesis chapter eight, Genesis, we're going to really hang out in Galatians chapter six. But if you flip all the way to the beginning, Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 makes this statement. Genesis 8:22 says, "While the earth remains." I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you don't realize this, but the earth is still remaining. You may go, "Yeah, sort of." <laughs> the earth is still remaining. So these principles are still in place. Watch this. "While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Somebody say time. 
seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So the Bible's teaching us, right, there's certain things that will never stop being as long as the earth is here. So the earth is here, so we can know that seed what? Time and harvest are still here. And that's really what I want to hit on because when we talk about God planting a seed in our life, if you're anything like me, anybody else impatient in the room? We got any impatient people? Like, okay, all right. You guys are kind of quiet today, a little sedated. That's all right. It's okay. We'll give you some Red Bull next Sunday uh, for Easter, right? Um, I'm impatient. I want everything yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like everything. That's why I love Hot Pockets. Anybody love Hot Pockets? I love Hot Pockets. You know why I love Hot Pockets? They taste good, but that's not even, they taste, well, I don't even say they taste good. They taste edible. You know why I love Hot Pockets? It's a whole meal in two minutes. It's an entire meal in two minutes. Now, if you eat it in two minutes, then it is straight lava from a volcano in your mouth. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're breathing fire like a dragon at that point. But the truth is, in two minutes, we live in a Hot Pocket society, really. And I'm, I'm victim to that because I want everything yesterday. If you tell me I can have this in, in a week, I'm like, no, nah, let me figure out how to speed it up and get it in three days instead of seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm that guy. And what happens if we're not careful in the spiritual realm is we'll try to hot pocket or nuke God's promises. When God says, as long as the earth remains, there's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. We, we're okay with the seed because the seed gets us excited. God told me this was going to happen in my life. woo yeah, let's go. Rattle, rattle, yeah, yeah, rattle, woo! That's when we get excited, right? We're like, woo, yeah, let's go. Church is great. Pastor Chris is on it. Dress apart, Rawr, yeah! Right? <laughs> seed, we're good with seed. I don't know why I just did that. No clue whatsoever. Let's have fun. And then we're good with harvest. We're like, yeah, I got the harvest, man. I'm reaping everything. You know, like I got the check and I got the money and I got the influence. I got the church and the platform and da-da-da. I got all this stuff. Like, we're good with seed. We're good with harvest. Most of us ain't very good with what? Time. Time. It takes time. Things take time. Great things take time. Amazing things take time. Powerful things take time. Several years ago. Uh, within the first couple years of our church, I was at a place in my life where I was pretty mad that things weren't going like I wanted. And, and you've heard me kind of mention this before, but like y'all, like I was about to close the doors of the church. Like I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. I was for real. I was done. And here's why. Dude, you, you don't understand that like we had to stretch the wall in the first elementary school that we were in. Some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, Blaney. No, no, no. Before that. Like the first elementary school, we had to stretch the wall from wall to wall, the little collapsible accordion wall. And like we had service on this side. Some of y'all are from that, some of y'all OGs up in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like we had service on this side of the curtain and on the, it wasn't even a curtain, it was terrible. And then on the other side was kids. Y'all in the middle of worship, would be like, rattle! And then you hear, And then the mom would be like, that's my kid, that's my kid. I gotta, I gotta go check on my kid. And I'm sitting there, and now I'd be like, nah, we got it. Then I'd be like, yeah, you probably would want to do that. It'd be a good idea. Right. I ran sound, pro presenter, everything. I'd run it. My wife was our kids' pastor, but also our worship pastor. I was the pastor and the sound tech. Oh, come on. 
I did all of it. And then we played a video between worship and the message. But y'all, it wasn't to prove a point. In fact, I might would have just thrown a clip of Happy Gilmore up there or something. <laughs> because it had no point. The whole point was to get me from the sound booth to the stage so I could actually preach. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we ran things in that day. Y'all, it was hard. We didn't break 80 people. Like, it was just tough. And like right now, we're pushing 500, trying to figure out how to make more room in this building right here so that we can reach more people in Northeast Columbia. Like, and we're going to do it. But like then, and I just remember going, I know what God told me. I know God told me we were going to reach thousands at a time. I know God told me that I was going to write books. I know God told me we were going to have campuses. I know what God did. Like, I could go, down, go, on, go on, right? And I was like, this ain't what I was going. So I called, I called this, I reached out to this pastor pastor of a large church. I said, hey man, can I, buy you, can I buy you coffee one day? That's, that's church, that's like pastor speak for let me just come and word vomit on you. And I just said, man, let me buy you coffee. He said, okay. I drove down to Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I bought him coffee. I was expecting 30 minutes. That's what he told me I could have. He gave me like three hours. We're sitting there talking. Man, I'm just, I'm just going off. I'm just, I'm just like, man, I, this is terrible. This, this is bad. I don't think I heard God. <laughs> like, I started this church. It's not going anything like I wanted. And I just don't know. Like, I feel like God said this. And he read this scripture to me. And he goes, man, I want to I remind you of a scripture that you probably know. And I was like, yeah, you doggone right I know it. I'm a preacher. I know all the scriptures. By heart. I had the word in my heart that I might not sin against him. He said, let me read you this. I said, okay. It's in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And he read it. He said, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. I just looked at him. I had this little cocky attitude about me. He didn't know it. Inside, I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like, I know that scripture. He goes... He goes, you probably know that scripture. Yeah. I said, he said, uh, but if we're not careful, we'll lose the responsibilities that are talked about in the scripture. It's like, responsibilities? What are you talking about? It just tells me not to give up. If I don't give up, then I'll get where I'm going. Right? He goes, no, see, the reality is it's not your job to create a harvest. I was like, oh. He said, yeah, your job, according to the scripture of what Paul was writing to the church of Galatia, who was frustrated and, 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 and like upset that the seed that they knew that they were going to be wasn't coming to fruition yet, they, their job was just to plant the seeds. It was not to quit. It was to get up every single morning and plant the seed and do what they knew they were supposed to do and keep sowing the seed. And when you lay your head down at night, then you lay your head on that pillow and you know that you did every single thing that day that you were supposed to do in order to sow the seed. And he said, problem is, most of us get the responsibilities mixed up. We think we're supposed to grow, sow the seed and create the harvest. He said, your responsibility is to sow the seed. Your responsibility is to be faithful. Your responsibility is to be obedient. Your responsibility is not to give up. God's responsibility is to bring the harvest. And I went, oh, maybe I didn't know the scripture. And then he goes, the problem is most of us get it reversed to where we try to create the harvest, but we're trying to do something that we're not even graced to do, we're not even able to do, and so we get mad at God for doing something, for not doing something that we're trying to do. And we're taking his job out of his hands. And it changed my life to go, that's not my responsibility. 
So we relaunched the church, and we're seeing amazing things happen here. But I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. I want to kind of really explain this whole thing to you because if we, if we can grab these things, I'm telling you, I've already seen it today. God's going to change something. I just believe God's going to awaken something in some people today as we talk about what does it mean to not lose sight, to not grow tired, to not grow weary, and to keep pushing and keep going and keep seeing what God's going to do. What does that mean? What does that look like? And so there's five stages of the seed, and the first one is going to blow your mind. The first one is called seed. I know. You're blown away. That's the first stage of a seed is the actual seed. It's the seed. It's the part where you get the seed, and you plant it underground, and you do that. The second stage is the seed, and then jelly, no, roots. That's not a jellyfish. Not a good. The second stage is roots. Why is that important? What does the first part say? The first part says, let us, what, not lose heart or grow weary in what? Doing good. Why would we lose heart? Why would we grow weary? Why would we get frustrated? Why would we quit? Why would we want to walk away? Simply because, watch this, if you look at these first two stages, what's happening? This is the moment where most of us quit. Or walk away. Why would we walk away right there? Because everything that's happening is happening under the surface. Can't see it. You don't know what's taking place. All you know is you got the seed. You know what I'm talking about. You got the seed. God said, God said this is going to happen. God said this is going to happen. And the truth is, is when we know what God said to us, we're pumped. Whoa, God told me that. God told me my finances could be blessed. God told me this. God told me this about my marriage and about my church and about this and about that. The problem is the seed being planted gets us fired up, but we always want to skip the rest. The roots have to take place. If the roots don't grow... The seed don't grow, the plant don't grow, the fruit don't grow. The problem is most of us want to see the roots taking place. But the roots taking place always takes place under the, under the surface. It always takes place over time. It's always difficult for us to go because we want to go, I don't see it, God. It's been two years. It's been two years since I started this. It's been two years since you told me this. It's been three years since this took place. You told me this would happen. I don't see none of it. I don't see none of it. And God, you told me that was going to happen. And I don't see anything. So God, I must have either misheard you, you either lied to me, or I'm just a terrible person good for nothing. And so we just go, in that, in that case, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to quit. I'm done. Finished. Over. And we abandon the potential of the seed because the time is not happening when we want it to happen. You're talking to somebody that's done it. You're talking to somebody that almost gave up on it. I want to give you this thought. The process, the process, or the time, the process can equal progress. If we skip the process, we're really abandoning any progress. Are you with me today? 
We got to get to a place to where we embrace the process. We got to get to a faith to where we're sick and tired of walking away just because it don't happen the way I want it to happen, to where I trust God even when I don't see it, to where I know the dry bones are rattling even if I don't feel it, to where I know something is happening under the surface that's making me stronger. Because watch this, the plant is only as strong as the roots are. So if I abandon the roots... The fruits are never going to be any good. That's why most of us get to a place to where we have a superficial faith. You with me? Come on. We have a superficial faith simply because, well, God, I don't see it happening, so therefore, I'll believe you when I feel it. I'll worship you when I like the song. God, I'll pray after you answer my prayer. God, I'll trust when you give me a reason to. See, we got to let the roots take place. We got to quit walking out on the roots. And a lot of us will go, God, you planted the seed and told me in the Bible that my finances would be blessed if I tithe. And I ain't seen nothing. And so therefore, I'm done. And God's sitting there going, You ain't tithing, you're tipping. <laughs> tithing and tipping's different. Tithing's 10%. Tipping's whatever you feel like giving. Let me go to something else. God, you promised my marriage would be blessed if I did these things. And And I don't see it, God. So therefore, the seed must not be working. And God's going, it's been a week. It's been a week. And all you did was turn your phone off at night. That's it. You got to do other things. You got to give it a chance. You got to give it a moment. God, you told me, and you're promised in your word, that if we get plugged into the house of the Lord, and we put in roots right there, and we serve, and we do these things in the house of God, the church, you promised me relationships and blessing and all this stuff. God, I don't see it. So I'm walking away, and God goes, You've served twice in six months. And when you're not serving, you don't even show up. All right, so I'm going back to Galatians. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to give practical examples of it all. Are you with me? I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just saying, like, we can't give up on the seed. Remember last week, what was the phrase? The word works if we work the word. The problem is, is we give up on the word or the seed because we don't see it taking place. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Why would you lose heart? Because you don't see the progress yet. Why aren't you seeing progress? Because the progress is taking place under the surface and it's growing something as a depth in you that'll help it get better on the inside of you. We have to let what nobody ever sees grow if we want what everybody wants. Are you with me? We have to let that take place. So here's, here's number three, right? Because it says in do, in do see. Oh, I didn't know I did that. Oh, broke it. Oh, well, I'll buy a new one. All right. Seed, roots, and then what happens? You got the roots, right? You got the seed, you got the roots, and then you got, what's that? Sprout. You got the sprout. It's the third stage. And then after the sprout, you got it. You got the, you got the sprout, but then you got a mature plant. Now, this is where I really become an artist. 
Look at those leaves right there. That right there. Picasso ain't got nothing on me. This one's called, called a mature plant. Why? <clears throat> Why are these two important? Well, these two are important because it says in due season. So we've gone through, right? It was a seed. The roots are coming up, right? The roots are taking place. Then a sprout comes up. Here's the problem with the sprout. The sprout, this is where it was in my life. This is where I was. The sprout comes up. So you got the roots. You got the seed. You're believing it. God's really rooting you and, 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 and taking you deeper in faith and taking you deeper in character and in trust and in discipline and all that. And then the sprout comes up. But the problem is the sprout don't look anything like the plant. And it don't look anything like other people's plants. So we fall into something called what? Comparison. And we think because something's coming up above the surface, I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger, I'm doing better, I'm a better leader, I'm all these things. All this stuff sprouting up is coming up above the surface, and we're like, it should look like this. It should look like their Instagram post. And we get mad because it's just a small little thing. Let me tell you something about a sprout. The problem with a sprout is a sprout looks like a daggum weed. Let me tell you a story. Last year I planted in my... My garden, this is a true story, planted in my garden that I'm not very good at. I planted carrots. Never planted carrots before. Y'all ever planted carrots? I planted carrots. I didn't know when carrots came up and sprouted, they looked like weeds. I'm out there, I planted carrots in the same little box as my green beans. I liked my green beans. I could saute my green beans, some garlic, some butter. Saute them bad boys up. They're good. I go out there and I'm like, you're not messing with my green beans. I'm going to get rid of these, these weeds. I start pulling up my carrots. It's true. And I pulled up the carrots. You know how I found out they were carrots? Because of all the stuff that happened under the surface. And so I pull it up and there's a little orange thing about that big. I was like, oh, that looks like a carrot. <laughs> and then coming off the little orange thing, I see, I see roots or tentacles about that long. And I'm like, oh, must have been how long it was going to be. It's the root. You know why I pulled it up? Because what was coming up out of the surface didn't look quite like I thought it was going to look. And a lot of times when we're growing in faith, we're growing in God and we're believing the seed, what starts to sprout don't look anything like what we thought it was going to look like. And so we start comparing. And then we start going, well, my Instagram, don't, my life don't look nothing like their Instagram post. Well, neither does theirs. You ain't using the same filter they're using. They don't even look like their Instagram post. <laughs> my checking account, watch this, don't look nothing like their checking account. My, my church, this is what I fell into, my church don't look like their church. My leadership don't look like their leadership. My, my family don't look like their family. Listen, y'all, my family crazy. I got three kids, and they nuts. I got one that's calm. The other two, whoo, praise God. Y'all pray for me. There's times I go, my, my family don't look like their family. I don't feel like the kind of leader that they are. But here's the problem. When we start comparing 
our third stage to their fourth stage, we don't know how long what they've gone through has been under the surface and how much they went through as a sprout. We're just sprouting. They're becoming a mature plant. We need to stop the comparison and understand that my stage is my stage and my race is my race and not theirs. If we, if we do it long enough, if we don't quit whenever we don't see anything, this is where the next trap comes in because we'll think, well, I'm just not good enough. I just ain't mature enough. In some ways, we're right. But in other ways, if we can sit through the sprout, we'll eventually get to the next phase. We'll eventually get to the next thing because, because watch this. Let me give you this thought. Let me give you this thought. The blessing isn't determined by God's ability to give. It's determined by my ability to handle it. The blessing from God is not determined on God's ability to give. It's determined by my ability to handle it. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We love Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We love, if you know that scripture, that's the scripture you repeat whenever it's time for a raise. That's the scripture you repeat whenever you're like, God, you told me to give $1,000 to the church. I believe that you are exceedingly abundantly beyond all I could think or imagine. We, we love repeating Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. That's a good one. That's a good one. It gets us fired up, don't it, Pastor Travis? It gets us fired up. Like, yeah, God! But we forget the responsibilities in that one, too. Because it says, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could think or imagine. Watch this. His responsibility... His character is at the very beginning. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond. He can do those things. That is not in question. That is not, I don't even have to wonder about that. He's able and he will. But then my responsibility is beyond what? All that I could think or imagine or ask or believe. Wow. So God can do those things if I increase my thinking and increase my believing. Watch this. We love to repeat things when it sounds good, but we don't like to practice things whenever it's hard. And so we're in this thing where we're like, hey, God, you can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we think or imagine. And God's like, yeah, but you ain't ready. Because watch this. Watch this. Do you know why the, the fourth stage is a mature plant, not fruit? Because the mature plant's got to get strong enough to hold the fruit. The roots have got to be strong enough. The stem's got to be strong enough. The limb's got to be strong enough. The leaves have got to be able to take in enough nutrients. All this stuff has got to take place in order for the fruit to come because the plant has to be strong enough to hold what God's bringing. It's not the, the potential of the seed has never been forgotten. It's still there. It's just the process may take a while because he's got to get us to a place. Where we can handle it because the last stage, the last stage is the stage of fruit. Cherries. That, that right there, that's good stuff. <laughs> this stage is fruit. Why is that so important? Okay, so let me do this. Leaves. Fruit, because they both look the same. Watch this. The last stage is fruit. Why is the last stage fruit? Because it took four stages for the seed to unlock the potential, to get grounded, 
to come up out of the to the ground to be exposed to some things. It took the fourth stage in order for the plant to get strong enough, and then it took the fifth stage for the fruit to actually grow. You ever, you ever, my, my family and I started something a couple years ago where we started apple picking. Anybody do that in the fall? You go apple picking up in the mountains, right? And sometimes if you go by those apple trees, you know, and you're walking and you're going and you're hiking up what feels like 17,000 miles of mountain by yourself, and you're, and you're well, actually not by yourself. I got three kids. I don't know if I told y'all that or not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And if you walk by some of the trees that are fully loaded, what happens? The branches are falling down, touching the ground, right? Do you know why? Because it's too loaded with fruit. It's not that, watch this, who are you giving your fruit to? Who's taking the fruit off your vine? Who's experiencing the fruit of the Spirit from you? Because if I just hold on to it to me, I'm going to end up, I'm going to end up withering. Or if I don't allow these things to take place like I should, I'm going to end up withering because I'm not strong enough for the fruit. And I I need you to hear me today. Some of us are begging for the fruit. God, you said. Let me ask you this. Let me go back to here. Sprout. Sprout don't look like you want it to look, does it? It don't even look like the plant. It don't look like a tomato plant. It don't look like a carrot. It don't look like none of that stuff. What if you just sat in this stage for a couple years and never saw everything God told you? Would you be all right with that? What, what if you just sat right here? What if it wasn't meant for you to bear, see the fruit? What if it was meant for your kids to see it? Would you be all right with that? Let, 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 me, let me ask you like this. What if our job is to not grow weary in doing good, but somebody else got the harvest? Would you be okay with that? I, I want to challenge you and say that we should be. Because if God never does anything else, we have to rest in the fact that God is every day, every moment of the day, God is enough. God is enough. If I never have the kids that I'm praying for, God's still enough. If I never have the paycheck that I want, God's still enough. If I never have the dream house that I've always wanted, God's still enough. If I never have the job that I've prayed for, God's still enough. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. Is God still enough? Is God enough? He's got to be enough. Because not everything's going to look like the story, t- f- uh, the fairy tale that we want it to. Is God enough? That's why I got to be rooted in God. I got to be rooted in God and he causes the growth because if I get that backwards, I start to worship the seed instead of the giver. I start to worship the harvest and I get mad at the God that gave it to me rather than worshiping God and waiting on the harvest. Is God enough? And it's taken me Years and there's still moments I have to fight it and go, God, you're still enough. If you never do anything else in my life, you're still enough. God, I'm gonna mess it up. God, I'm gonna screw it up. God, I'm gonna say the wrong thing. I'm gonna do the wrong thing. I'm gonna listen, as your pastor, I need to set you free and me free. I'm gonna make you mad one day. I'm not gonna return a phone call. I'm not gonna preach a sermon you wanna hear. I'm not gonna respond to something the way you want me to. We're gonna do something that you don't agree with. I'm just telling you that because I'm human and this ain't a perfect church because if it was, I'd mess it up. It's gonna happen. But God's still enough. And if God's not enough, 
and you base it all on me, the moment I make you mad, you'll walk away from it all. Don't put your faith in me. Don't, don't, listen, don't even put your faith in yourself. Believe in yourself. Put your faith in God because he is enough. Every second, every minute of every day, no matter what, he's enough. He's enough. And that's why we can go through these stages. But there's a fifth stage. There's a fifth stage. Watch this. Are you with me? Is this helping anybody today? Are you good? There's a fifth stage, or a sixth stage, sorry. There's a bonus stage right here. To where, I'm not even going to do that. To where this begins to pollinate the next seed. This is called, watch this, reproduction. The, the fruit, the plant that's now producing fruit, is now reproducing a seed that will now produce fruit. That then produces a seed. That, the Bible calls it this. Disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is somebody that God is enough. And they learn about that every day. And they live their life for that. A disciple does not mean somebody that's... I don't even like the term little Christ. I'm not little Christ. I'm not perfect. I'm not even close to perfect. I'm a disciple. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is somebody that's always dedicated to learning more about God every second of every day. And I give my life to him because I'm a disciple. And watch this. Here's, you know what disciples do? Disciples go, come here, John. Come here, Chris. Come here, Wesley. Uh, come here, Phil. Y'all hop up here real quick. This is an impromptu illustration. You're welcome. Welcome to Radiate Church. Here's the truth. A disciple goes, hey, you, I see something in you, and we're going to pull it out. I see something in you, we're going to pull it out. I'm going to see something in you, and I see something in you. You need to stop being stupid. You need to start doing this. And we start germinating. We start figuring out how to get their seed from where they are, from where God's spoken to them, to a place to where now they can hold on, and I can go, John, don't you give up. I know it's frustrating. I know you know what God said to you. I know you believe it, but you got to hold on. Hey, Pastor Chris, listen, I know you know you're rooted, and God's doing something some great things, but don't you quit, man. I know the sprout don't look nothing like you thought it would, but don't you stop. We got to get through that. Wesley, you're, you're not producing the fruit yet, but you're going to get there, buddy. It's coming. All you got to do is hold on. Sometimes we need somebody to go, Phil, you're producing fruit. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away to somebody else. Go find somebody else and produce a seed. That's what discipleship is. Anybody in the room? Are y'all... Like, I'm the only one having fun, Wesley. That's disciples. It's going, I'm going to grab some guys, and we're going to be everything God called us to be, and we're going to do it together. Y'all go ahead. And we're going to make this thing happen together. It's reproduction. It's discipleship. And what frustrates me more than anything is when we quit before we ever see the fruit. And then when we see the fruit, here's what happens a lot of us. You ever seen an apple tree eat its own fruit? No. It wasn't made for them. It's made for me and you. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit wasn't made for you. I bear it. You eat it. Why do you think Scripture says, taste and see? That the Lord is good. 
I want you to be able to eat the fruit of the Spirit out of my life and see how good God is. We can't get this out of order. I believe, I'm going to close up with this. I believe God blesses order. We talk about that as a staff all the time. The way we operate as a church, as a church of order. We believe in that. In fact, in Genesis, go to the beginning. It says that he saw a void. He saw chaos. No order. No parameters. And what did he do? He set it all into order. Before he created something, he set it into order. Jesus, on the boat, with the disciples, storm comes up, beating up against the, the waves are beating against the ocean, I mean, the, the boat. Everybody's freaking out. Everything's in disarray and disorder. What happens? Jesus stands up and calls the waves and the wind to stop. Why is that important? Well, that's important because when I go through waves and winds, no, it's important because he sent an order to what was there. Jesus is called to a, girl, uh, a man's house whose daughter, they said, was dead. Jesus shows up and goes, she's alive. She's just asleep. They're like, no, she's dead. You crazy. You a fool. She's dead. It says he shows up, and there was a noisy disorder in the room. Jesus, before he ever performs a miracle, you know what he did? He said he sent the chaos, the chaos out the room, and then he healed the girl. Why is that important? Because what we want is the fruit out of order. We want the seed and the harvest. Don't take me through the time. As long as the earth remains, there is seed, there is time, and there is harvest. We want the seed, and we want the harvest. Forget the time. God blesses order. Satan is the author of what? Confusion. What is confusion? Confusion is chaos. What is chaos? Disorder. So if I want the seed God planted in my life to be blessed outside of his order, maybe I'm not asking God to bless it. Is it anybody? It's helping me in my life. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. We will reap a harvest in due season, in due order, in due time. I'm just here to tell you something today. This is it. I'm closing with this. You ready? I'm here to tell you in the room, and I'm here to tell you online. I'm here to tell you wherever you are today, stop giving up on this process. Don't give up on what God's doing under the surface. Don't compare your sprout to their fruit because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what's happening. You, they don't know what you've been through. Here's the truth. Listen to me. What God spoke to you is still the promise God has for you. Don't walk away from that. Don't give up on that. Just because somebody hurt you at your previous church don't mean that Jesus is okay with that. It doesn't mean that you walk away. Just because you haven't seen exactly what God promised you yet don't mean the roots ain't growing. It don't mean that the sprout ain't coming. I'm here to tell you something. It ain't over until it's over. It's not done until it's done. He said it is finished, but that wasn't your promise. That was your sin. I'm here to tell you. He believes in you. Don't give up. Don't fin that is, this is one thing that frustrates me more than anything is we give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Push through. Get in the word. Let God tell you who he is. Let God tell you who you are. Let God give you his promise. Get in the word. Get in prayer. Get in worship. Trust him no matter what you feel like. No matter what. Would you close your eyes with me today?
If there's anybody in the room, I want to ask you this. The first step to becoming everything that God has commanded and promised. The first step is surrendering our life to him completely. Not surrendering whatever I feel like, surrendering my life to him completely. Giving him everything. It's not some religious duty. It's not even a prayer that saves your life. It's the surrender. The prayer is symbolic of it. Baptism, we're going to do that in a few weeks. Baptism is not save your life. It's symbolic of what God's doing inside of you. Surrender. That's the first step. If you're in the room and you never prayed that prayer and you'd like to today, and you'd like to surrender everything you have to him, just say, God, I, I want to spend eternity with you and I'll surrender my life from this point forward with you. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up right where you are and just say, that's me. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to see who I'm praying with and I want to get some, some stuff in your hands so that we can walk this out together. That's all. That's all. They're going to slip a clipboard in your hand. Just grab that. And we just want to get some information so we can walk that out. Now, church, we do everything here. We say we do life together, and that means praying together, too. We got, we got somebody in the room, and we may even have some people online today that are deciding to give their life to Jesus and surrender it all to him. Would you just pray with me all together out loud today? Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for the sacrifice of your life that I could have connection with the Father. I give you my past, I give you my present, and I give you my future. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. Church, let's put our hands together for at least one person that gave their life to Jesus this morning. I want to do one more thing. I want to echo something I did last week with heads, co- heads bowed one more time. If you're in the room and you say, you know what, that's me. I want everything God has for me. I want to go through the process. I believe there's a seed planted in me and I want to see the fruit. I want to see the goodness. I want to see all God's promised me in my life. If that's you, and I even challenge you to do this at home, if that's you and you're in the room, would you stand up right where you are and say, that's me. I know God's promised me something and purposed me, and I want to see it come to fruition. All over the room, people are standing. You're joining with people in the first service that stood. Just stand right where you are. Come on, it's just a symbolic thing. If you're at home today, stand in your living room. Stand wherever you are. If you're driving and listening, then pull over and stand on the side of the road. I just believe there's something powerful that's happening in this moment right now to say, I'm not just going to get stuck in the seed. I'm going to go through the process. God's got something for me. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we have access to the throne of God through the blood of Jesus. And right now, I just declare, dry bones are rattling. God, I just declare that things are coming back to life. The seed, we're going to see the fruit, and we're going to see the goodness that's going to come out of this. It doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect process, but it's going to be a progressive process. We're going to see progress as we move forward. Every person that's standing in the room, God, I just declare movement and power over them that the Spirit would rest rise up in them and something great would happen in their lives. God, we honor you and worship you. You may be seated in this moment. God, we worship you and we give you all that we have. In your name we pray. Amen.